Hey guys, before we dive into this episode, I want to mention show sponsor Baby Trend. Now, if you use the code COVERME20, you'll be able to save 20% on everything on the website. But I want to mention their newest, latest, and greatest product, the CoverMe 4-in-1 Convertible Car Seat. Now, this car seat is unique in that it addresses the number one complaint experienced by mothers. They did their research on this, and that's sun in the child's eyes. Now, it's able to protect your child with their innovative and patent-pending integrated canopy, that offers high adjustability, ratcheting coverage, and side sun protection. The CoverMe also has a very convenient recline system, which includes a zero radius base and integrated recline flip foot. Basically what that means is the system allows your child to find a position that's comfortable to them while also limiting the amount of space taken up by the seat when it's in that rear facing position. So be sure to head over to babytrend.com and use that code CoverMe20 to save 20%. You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad that you're here, as always. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, welcome. I'm so glad that you found the show. And uh, I'm excited about this one because I feel like this is a show, when you put it out into the world, there's so many people who don't know this information. So it really does unlock a new possibility in someone's life, you know, and even if this isn't just about you, something that you hear from this podcast could benefit someone that you know. And so that positive ripple effect is really exciting to me and it's really fulfilling. Um, And I think we all can, you know, participate in that together, which is really cool. So this week I'm speaking with deep core specialist, Erica Zeal. She's someone who's always had an interest in the human body, how it moved, how it functioned and how it was all connected. This interest led her to a Bachelor of Science in Health and Human Performance. She became a certified Pilates instructor, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. She's been featured in publications like Shape and People Magazine, Mind Body Green, and more. And in this wide-ranging conversation that we're having today, we're discussing how you can heal pain and dysfunction in your body at any stage of motherhood. So this information is powerful if you know someone who's pregnant and is preparing, or even if they're not even pregnant yet, the information in this conversation is going to be beneficial to them. But I think one of the most important things that I want to leave you with is that at, at any stage of motherhood that you're in, it is never, never too late to heal issues that you may be having from pregnancy, from motherhood. It's never too late. And to me, I feel like so many women just accept that they're getting older. This is how their body is. They're just going to have to push through with this pain, this constipation, you know, incontinence, whatever it is. And it's not true. And you can heal your body. You can create that mind-body connection through doing work that Erica's talking about and other methods. And I think that that is really powerful. That's what I want to leave with you and have you leave with people that you know in your life. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Erica Zeal. If you do, please share it with a friend and please, please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks. Well, hello, Erica. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for having me, Liz. Yeah. So um, to give our listener a little bit of origin story about you, uh, why don't you take us back through how you got into this work and why this work called to you? Okay. So I'll try to keep it really brief, but really it's, I feel like most of my life has really just been this journey as evolution to where I am today. But basically as a child, starting at the age of five, I had like 
this crazy knee pain that I had. They kept just saying it was growing pains and growing pains. And finally, by the time like I was done growing by 14 and I was still having it. And, you know, then in middle school and high school, I was, I wanted to be, well, I was really athletic, but I was always injured halfway through every season. And, um, you know, finally when I was 17, we went to the Mayo Clinic up in Rochester, Minnesota. And they were like, oh, well, you need to strengthen your knees. And it was like this concept to me that I was like, how did, like, I've been to how many doctors prior to that? And it was like, how did nobody figure that out, you know? And so that was really like the piece that propelled me into wanting to study exercise science in college, because I started to understand, oh, we could heal the body through movement, right? That was my first little piece. And I actually ended up rehabilitating my my knees. Um, it took me four years. Um, but by the time I was 21, I was like completely pain free. There was more to it than just that my knees needed to be, you know, the quads needed to be strengthened. There was other things going on, but that was like the piece that started it. Um, then I studied exercise science and was just really fascinated at with the body and what our body is capable of. And I actually did a lot of, um, when I had to do papers in college, I would be digging up research about pregnancy and exercise. And I had no desire that <laughs> be a mom. I just was really fascinated at um, the body. And uh, James Clapp had, was kind of like the leading researcher in pre pregnancy exercise research in like the eighties. And I just remember reading stuff. I was like, this is fascinating. And I'm like, we're not talking about this. And women were still being taught, you know, cause gosh, I was in college. <laughs> like, let's see, I graduated like 15 years ago from college. So it's like a lot has changed since then, you know, and, um, and I was just, you know, people, women were still being told like, you can't exercise, you know, mm -hmm. during pregnancy if you weren't before, or you can continue doing what you were doing. Like there just really was not good guidelines. Um, and then I was, uh, I ended up moving to Southern California and did my entire Pilates training, um, everything like, you know, learned all the apparatus and just fell in love with Pilates and, which really then continued my journey and to, um, you know, continuing to work with pregnant moms. I also worked with a lot of other clients as well, men as well. So I got to just work with such a variety of clientele in my early twenties. And then, um, you know, I ended up being, having my oldest, I was like 23. And I thought I knew a lot about training a pregnant woman myself, right? Cause I had all this, I had taken a lot of training. What was there at that point? And I, as I was having each of my kids, I started learning so much more from my own personal experience, um, but also, you know, from continuing to compile research. And I just, I like that person who's like, I'm never okay with like, just what I have. I'm always like, what's more, what more can I learn and all of that? And it just continued sending me down this path of learning about fascia and learning about our deep core, specifically our pelvic floor. I'm like, I did intense anatomy in college we never learned what the word pelvic floor even meant. Wow. Like it was crazy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, through all of that and then just learning about pelvic floor dysfunction and diastasis in which I ended up having um, some diastasis recti with my third. Um, again, that was that piece that I was like, I knew a lot at that time, but that was the piece that told me, oh, wow, there's still so much more you need to like dig up and figure out how are we supposed to heal the body correctly after having a baby and, and all of these things. And so it was just like one thing kind of led to the next and kind of like you, it wasn't like I set out to be like, Oh, this is what I'm doing. Right. You know, I always felt something and I still sometimes feel like, Oh, I'm just beginning, you know what I mean? On this journey that I'm on, but it really has just been one foot in front of the other. And I just kind of, you know, you know like created 
workout DVDs. And really what started that was because I, what was out there, I was like, oh, this core training, it was like nails on a chalkboard to me. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is causing so much dysfunction for, for moms. And that's when I really started to become more and more passionate about moms don't have to live with, um, with dysfunction. And during pregnancy, there's so much that we can do for our bodies because the body alone is just amazing. But when we take a little bit of knowledge and apply it, I mean, it can transform the way your pregnancy goes, birth, postpartum recovery, which of course affects how you feel as a, as a mom. And then all of that, all of that stacks and we have another baby and we get depleted. And so it's like that whole, just, you know, most of how everything is connected in the body. And so I don't just ever segment, you know, one thing from something else. So yeah. I think that's such, that's such an authentic you know, origin story, you know, like you are doing this work because it impacted you directly. And I think, you know, anyone in the healing space, in the fitness space, I always feel like there's, there's a story kind of like that, you know, they overcame something, they found out something about themselves, and then they wanted to share that with the world. And that's clearly what you're doing. I mean, and to me, it, it seems like it's almost a travesty against women, you know, and it's been going on for eons that we just suffer through. We were like, oh, this is just normal pregnancy. This is just how it is. Like, no, that's not true. So, I mean, for a lot of people listening to this, you know, they've already had children, but what are some things that they need to know, you know, before pregnancy? What are some things that they should be doing, you know, even before they get pregnant so that they can really be fit for service? Yeah, there's so many things, but, um, you know, one of the first thing that comes to mind, just cause it's my area of expertise is understanding how we're supposed to properly activate our core, which involves, and I should even say deep core, which involves our pelvic floor. And there's a lot of misleading information out there. So I'm going to throw out the word kegels. A lot of women listening are like, Oh, like do you do your kegels, right? You go to your OBGYN or, you know, and they're like, Oh, are you doing your kegels? And a woman will most of them, I think this is the kind of common conversation that goes on and, and they're how they're thinking like I do them. I don't know if I do them right, but yeah, like, and that's the extent of the conversation and, and, or, you know, they're still being taught to, to do a kegel, right. To stop the flow of urine. And I think that is honestly some of the worst advice out there um, for a couple of reasons. One is when we are doing that, we can be backing up uh, bacteria in our bladder, which could be causing UTIs. And I've, I've personally had a whole stunt of UTIs. It didn't start that way. It started because I actually was, again, not prioritizing myself years ago when I was training clients like back to back six mm. hours in a row. And it was like, my next client would be there. And I was like, oh, I just was like, instead of actually taking two seconds for myself, like I would just keep training. And then, you know, so do not hold your bladder ladies. Like I will tell you, <laughs> a little side note especially in workout pants. <laughs> yes. Especially, well, yeah, don't ever do it, but yeah, especially in workout pants. But, um, and then the other thing with it too, is when you're doing your kegels like that, you're only working a part of the pelvic floor, which can lead to a dysfunctional pelvic floor. Because a lot of times women might be too tight in the front of their pelvic floor, but they've never even really ever been taught or know how to activate the back of their pelvic floor. Or we can have imbalances from one side to the other. Oh, and, um, you know, our hips, our glutes, our pelvis, all of that plays a role in our pelvic floor function. Like we cannot segment the pelvic floor on its own. Yes, it functions on its own, but optimally it does not function on its own. <laughs> yes. I don't know. That totally makes sense to me. So, yeah. I mean, what are some, cause I was one of those people that was like, well, if I can stop my urine and you know, it's easy, then I'm good. You know? So what, 
how do you even do it? Cause it's such a hard thing. Like, unless you're feeling it, like, how do you tell someone what to do? This episode is brought to you by Haya Vitamins. If you've been wondering if the vitamins that you've been giving your children are actually doing any good, if you look at the ingredients, you'll soon find that they're filled with sugars, preservatives, and junk, things that you don't want to be giving to your child. I know there's so much out there. We want to keep it simple. We want to keep it easy. Luckily, there's a company like Haya Vitamins out there who is doing all of that. They provide 12 essential nutrients in every single vitamin in eco-friendly packaging. And then each month they send you a refill. So you don't have bottles and bottles accumulating. You actually are just getting what you need to your children to supplement their diet. And let's be honest, it's hard to keep ourselves fully nourished, let alone our picky eaters. So of course, if you're a listener of the show, they're going to hook you up with a great deal. Head on over to hyahealth.com forward slash unstressed and you get 50% off your first order. That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com forward slash unstressed and get 50% off your first bottle. Okay. Well, I'll talk everybody through it right now. So if you're honestly, the first kind of way to start to learn it is to sit on something like either an exercise ball or on a couch or a pillow. So you have something underneath that you can kind of feel pushing against your pelvic floor. So you get a little bit of that like tactile feedback. And the first thing to do is just take a nice deep inhale and try to breathe all the way down into your pelvis, into your belly, and like just visualize everything relaxing. Because when we actually can start to relax, it can help us to find those deeper layers because so many women, especially my avid exercisers out there, runners, weightlifters, high intensity workout, you know, women that work out a lot, um, you probably grip in your pelvic floor um, and that can lead to dysfunction, whether you have it now um, or down the road. Um, and so we have to actually learn how to let go of those grippy muscles. And then we want to think about lightly, like lightly um, is such a big word. Like I'll even go, I like to use percentages sometimes. So even think about activating 50% of what you want to do. And I so you want to visualize your diamond or your pelvic floor as like a diamond. So I always hold up my fingers and like, like a diamond or that's how big our pelvic floor is and visualize it being like an inch thick, not just the muscles, but we have a lot of fascia above it. Mm. So we also want to train that because that's, what's helping to hold up our organs. Right. And so that's where women, if we're, if we're not the right kind of strong, um, then we can start to, you know, dealing with incontinence, um, which is when you pee your pants a little or the pelvic organ prolapsing, where we actually have our organs starting to slip down out of our pelvic floor. Like it's a real thing. It happens, but it's not talked about a lot. Um, and so when we think of our pelvic floor as this diamond, and if you take a deep breath in and just relax, visualize those four points. So that front point is the pubic bone. The back point is like almost the tailbone, like your anus basically. And then the two corners are the sits bones. So it's like the bony parts underneath your butt cheeks. And so you want to visualize lightly drawing those together and then gently drawing up through the middle of your body, all the way through the top of your head. And then you can release and relax. And then you can do that again. And so in the beginning, most women will be like, I have no idea what you're mm -hmm. talking about. Like this does not resonate with me. I don't get it. Or they'll tend to want to go to old habits of like overactivating. But here's the thing is that you have to start with where you're at today and understanding again, we're changing habits. <laughs> you and I talked a lot about that in your interview. And it's just like, that's so much. I teach so much about retraining how we move our body, how we activate the musculature, the fascial, our fascial system, because essentially we were 
taught a lot of things incorrectly. And so now we have to fix them. But the cool thing is, is you can change any of it. Thankfully, our brain <laughs> can rewire. And so that's a lot of what this is. So I was like, don't get so like, don't let yourself get frustrated when you don't, whether you're feeling it right or not, because some of it is just the act of going through the thinking, like our brain trying to reconnect and tell our pelvic floor what to do, because in the beginning, it's going to not put it together. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, and I feel like when you're learning anything new and you're like, I should be getting this, like you feel frustrated, you know, you're like, I'm never going to get this, but then it's like, these little micro achievements. And then, you know, two weeks later, you're like, I really felt that. Like, it's just, it's the, it's the perseverance. So how do you, I mean, I guess, is it just that you don't want to keep peeing your pants? Cause that's honestly something that I dealt with after my second son, I would, I would go out for a run and be like, Oh no, this is not good. (laughs) But how do you, how do you keep women coming back to these very esoteric practices to where they're really connecting their mind to their bodies, almost like weightlifters who talk about this, you know, like building the muscle by really focusing on that muscle as they're doing the exercises. Yeah. And that's actually really what I, what I teach There's a lot of visualization, a lot of mindfulness practices as we'll call them. Um, and I find that when women add in the visualization with our movement practice, um, the results happen quicker and faster. And it's really, really, really profound. And part of it is like, we're not just sitting here and that's like, that's just a really simple thing that I explained because a lot of it is like, you need to see me move or things like that. So I have a whole system that teaches women, um, you know, and it's, it was originally designed as that like, postpartum recovery program, but we now have women that are preparing for pregnancy that take yeah. it. We have moms that take it that have, have grandkids, you know, because if you've never addressed this stuff, it's still there. Yes. Right. Um, and, and it's never too early to learn it either. That's the whole, the whole thing about all this, but it's a lot of, you know, I teach specific movements. Some of the movements are going to be very familiar to women. Like I'll even just retrain you how to do a squat correctly. Cause most women don't do squats correctly. They pull in their back or they're shutting off their pelvic floor or their knees hurt their back. Hurt. Like, and my whole thing is our movements shouldn't hurt our body. Like that is my big goal, like a big goal for where I am right now in my life. And all this that I teach is teaching women that you to be able to move throughout their daily life without dysfunction, right? Which includes your workouts, but it's not just about your workouts. It's also so that you can get up and down from the ground with your little ones, carry groceries, move furniture around if you need to. Like, heck, my youngest right now is her leg is splinted. And so I have to carry her to the bathroom and up and down the stairs. Yes, she has crutches, but (laughs) I'm not going to let her, my eight-year-old on crutches on a stairs because then I fear her falling and hurting herself again. (laughs) It never ends. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Um, Luckily she's, she's light for her age. That does make it a little easier, but like, I'm like, wow, this is the stuff I need to be talking about. Cause Mm -hmm. I am like having to pick up my almost nine year old child and carry her around. And you know, so it's just like, I want women to be able to move throughout their life and not have dysfunction and pain get in their way of them getting to do what they want and love to do in life. Right. And so with like the movements in particular, right, it comes back to not just mindlessly going through the motions. It's like, we got to pull it back. We've got to slow down. We have to learn how to actually connect our, our, our brain and our body. And again, and I, you said it too, it's just so funny. It made me laugh because I say it all the time too. It's like, we almost have to have like these conversations with our body and talk to our body and be like, yeah. okay, pelvic floor, like time for you to wake up kind of thing. Or like just telling our body and 
I tend to talk a lot through this. So like when I'm teaching movements, I cue very heavy. And it's so funny because I want to be like, oh my gosh, you cued me to like, like relax my shoulders because I was tensing my shoulders when I, you know what I mean? It's all these things because I've taught so many women mm-hmm. and I've done it on myself too, that I know our tendencies right at a certain move. And it's just so amazing when we can start to bring more awareness into how we're actually moving our body and oh, posture plays a big role. I mean, we're on our computers so much. We're on yes. our phones. Whole, holy smokes. Like that creates a lot of, a lot of dysfunction, but it doesn't have to. And so we'll have women that, um, you know, they've been dealing with crazy back pain, even maybe even how to have surgeries and stuff like that mm. and still dealing with pain. And within like sometimes as little as like a couple days of getting into what I'm teaching them, she's like, oh my gosh, I have more relief after a couple days. Cause it's, it comes down to, I always say it's like, you cannot cheat creating more fascia in our body. And we, if we just can't like surgery sometimes is necessary. Absolutely. But a lot of times when it comes to like the structural stuff of our body, back pain, hip stuff, unless there's like actual tears and things like that, it is actually the fascia that is holding our structure. It's not our, it's not our bones that are holding up our bones. It's our fascia that is holding up our bones. So it's, we have so many imbalances in our body. Um, but the cool thing is like, we can, we can change any of that. And a part mm-hmm. of it comes down to, we have to change our patterns of how we move, but we also have to change our thinking. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think like the scary thing to me is, you know, that most people don't know this. Most people go to their normal practitioner. They don't, they don't have this knowledge. I mean, that's why I'm so honored to have you on the show to talk about this, to, to put a, a bug in their ear so that, you know, even if it's not for them, you know, they're listening to their friend complain about aches and pains and they're not sure what's going on. And they've been, you know, they've seen all these doctors and it's like, well, wait a second, you know, this is random, but I heard this podcast and you might want to go check out what she's doing or check out, you know, the stuff that she's put out into the world, because this might actually change your life. I mean, can you talk about some of the the clients that you've come in? I know you mentioned that one who felt relief after two days, but what are some other ones that that really make you smile, that make you think like, wow, like this this work is really truly meaningful? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, I would say I loved. I, I I can't quote their names without just going and looking because there's right. so many stories. But this one mom, um, I think she had like. I swear it was she had like five five or six kids. I think she was like one that five or six kids and it was after her last child and she had done my prenatal program and then moved into our, basically the postpartum or core rehab one. And it was like within seven days of having her, her last child, she's like, my pelvic floor is awake. Like, and she's like, it's woken up from its slumber. Right. And it's this whole thing of like, it's almost unheard of for moms to be able to feel their pelvic floor so soon postpartum, but it's actually because she was doing a lot of the work during pregnancy, because we we teach that, but not everyone is, has the ability to do it during pregnancy, right? So you can never, you know, it's never too late to work on it. Um, again, so we have so many back pain ones because back pain mm-hmm. is so prevalent. Um, that's a huge one. Uh, diastasis recti is another thing that uh, that's kind of actually where the program really initially started <laughs> was really a diastasis recti recovery program, and then as we got going deeper into it, I was like, oh my gosh, it's helping women with the pelvic floor dysfunction, mm. pelvic organ prolapsing, helping those symptoms, um, and the back pain and the neck pain and the shoulders. And because 
it focuses on core, but it also, we focus on the entire body. So we have, we can't ideally like fix one area of the body without addressing the entire body. Um, but yeah, we've had so many women over the years it's healed their diastasis, um, which is that separation of the abdominals that is pretty common during pregnancy. Um, but, and here's the thing I'll say to that too, is, you know, not everyone will fully heal, like to where there's like no separation. Um, because just FYI, like, uh, like one finger with separation down that linea alba, right? That six pack look like that's normal. So I get, well, I'll get women that'll reach out and be like, there, I still have a finger with separation. I'm like, that's normal. <laughs> what I care more about actually than the separation, um, is how, when we do our testing, like has the fascia gotten stronger through your abdominal wall? Like when you test, can you put your fists in your abdomen now? Or is there feel like there's some, some pushback? Cause that's what we want because what we don't understand is, and so many, and I hear this from physicians, OBGYNs are like, Oh, diastasis recti. It's just a, it's just a, a physical thing. It's just a beauty thing. Right. It's just, you know, so a mom will have a flatter belly or whatever. I'm like, no, no, no. There's so much more to it because if we have diastasis recti, we have really weak tissue, mm. weak fascia. That's what it tells to me, which means most likely she's really weak in her pelvis, really disconnected within her pelvic floor. She probably has crazy back pain too. And if she doesn't now, it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, and there's a deeper piece too, Liz, is she probably has some crazy stagnation in her gut because if a woman isn't strong enough in the fascia of her lower abdomen to help hold her organs in, guess what? Her organs will sit in that little, I hate to say this, but we'll say it because it gets said in my world. It's like that mommy pooch of a belly. And so then she's probably dealing with more constipation, more bloating even because she doesn't have regular, you know, bowel movements. Um, and so there's a whole deeper layer. Nutrition plays a role. Digestion, specifically, I like to speak to digestion, to getting her digestion on track um, and things like that. Sorry, I kind of feel like I went a little <laughs> off on no, your question. It's, and you it's like, it's like what you said. It's like what you said, though. Like everything is so connected. And when we talk about that, that new mom who's just had a baby, or maybe she's got a five year old running around and she still doesn't feel confident, she still doesn't feel at the top of her game, like maybe she did in her twenties. And instead of just accepting that, you know, like this is just life now, like, like you said, like you can absolutely change that. And I didn't realize, oh, I mean, it makes sense when you say it, but like the pelvic floor holding the gut, nothing's getting processed. You feel like crap. You're full of crap. I mean, that's just like, you don't have to live that way. You know, that's, this is just blowing my mind. Yeah. We teach a little, I teach a little manual work because it's very helpful when women can learn how to manually massage their organs a little bit. Talk to us about that. I call it stomach massage. And I always, you want to do it. It's nice to do it like actually like in the evening. And that's one of those, I would put it as a self-care thing. You know, you just do it for a couple minutes, but do it when you're like laying in bed and you want your belly completely relaxed. Um, and you start over on the lower right side of the pelvis and you can just kind of slowly with your fingers, like you can feel and you'll feel in your like intestines if stuff's kind of backed up and just kind of use your fingers to kind of slowly like massage down and in and you work up the right side and then underneath the ribs and then over to the left and down the left. And you can just do that and you'll kind of feel and you'll feel hear stuff starting to gurgle and move. And um, that's a very simplified version without showing it. But um, even just kind of starting with that, because something that happens... Um, 
with having babies and the more babies you've had, the more fascial adhesion you probably have inside your body. So I'll find a lot of women. I had some of this since I didn't realize it and started to learn this once I, after I had my third is that, um, because if you think about it, when we're pregnant, again, so no matter how long ago it's been, if there's fascial adhesion, it's still there. If we haven't dealt with it is that baby pushes our organs up right up and out. And then, and, and also like organs underneath, like ovaries, all that, like gets like squished out to the side. And so, and then when we birth a child, and then especially if you have a C-section, those organs may or may not come back down hundred percent where they're supposed to go. So we have a little bit of that and that actually can play a role in uh, digestion issues that women can start to have postpartum and beyond. And again, if you don't address them, they're typically still there, even if it's been 20 years, Mm -hmm. um, but doing some of that manual like work on yourself and you might feel on the inside of your pelvic bones, like at your hips, right? Like you might feel like, Oh wow, that's really tight in there. Mm -hmm. Um, even underneath the ribs, I do a lot of teaching of how to get the ribs to, to kind of, to connect again, because so many women after babies, like the ribs feel locked out, which affects your diaphragm it affects your breathing, right? If we're locked out. And the craziest thing for me was that like, I used to be a 34 rib cage, just like process, right? Um, When I was in my early twenties. And then after having my three babies, I went down to a 32 and I was like, how is that even possible? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's because I have learned how to work my rib cage. I've learned how to get into those intercostal muscles, how to like and again, it's just like with the pelvic floor stuff, it doesn't happen overnight, yeah. but it does happen. And so I teach a lot of, uh, basically I call it fascial lengthening. Um, it's a way to, we're, so we're doing this combination. People get really stuck on like stretching, you know, mm-hmm. and stretching is beneficial. Yes. In, if it's done in the right way, but I find what's more beneficial is working how to use our breath to help, especially with our core and our ribs and our pelvis, like using our breath, for example, to breathe into the ribs. And then we start to learn um, how to like wrap around our ribs. I teach it like rib wrapping. And most of them are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, but no, it's possible. It is possible. Um, and when we learn how to do that, we become so much more in touch with what's going on physically. Um, but I mean, you know, this as well, like there's that energetic level. And so I always believe like a part of why what I teach also works so well is that when we start to get into these deeper layers, we start to open things up. Stagnation starts to yes. emotion. I mean, it's not, and I, and I speak to this so much more now in my programs and I let my moms know when they start like, Hey, as you get started, if one day you're moving through some of the exercises and they're really gentle and slow, and you feel like you need to cry, mm-hmm please allow yourself to cry because I start with the pelvis. We are, no matter if you come to me for neck, if I were to work with you one-on-one and you come to me for neck with for about neck pain, I'm still going to start at your pelvis because we have to look at the pelvis in order to do anything with the entire body. But in our pelvis ladies, we hold so much emotion. Mm. It's just a, it can be so much stagnation. So when we start to move and open that up, it can start to bring about just these feelings of like, I just feel like I need to cry. I have no idea why I have no logical reason. And I always invite my, my women, my mom's like, please just allow it to surface because if it's showing up for you, we need to remove it. Yes. And, and this is the thing where like, there's this crazy, amazing bridge and from like 
so many times we get so fixated on like just the physical of what's going on with our body. But when we can start to be more open, which I know your listeners are, uh, being so much more open to understanding just that spiritual side, the energy side that um, like it just opens this whole new world of possibility for your body and understanding how it all kind of works together, even if you don't fully understand it, like just kind of going with it. But like there's even research now. I love geeking out and diving into research about fascia in particular because there's still so much we don't really know about it. But like it actually carries electrical currents through fascia. So like when it's really neat, it's like to understand when we are talking energy, like legitimately there yeah. is physical energy going through our fascia. So, um, oh, I'll share this example with you. It's a really good example. So, um, did you happen to have a cesarean with either of yours? Mm-mm. We, I had natural water births. I went full on. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. That's amazing. If I were to do it again today, I would definitely go that way. I was not as I mean, I was very, always more natural with things, but I didn't know that about all this first stuff when I was younger. Um, but I've learned so much since, um, but this is a good example. So for any of our moms that have had a cesarean and have a cesarean scar, um, or any scar in the abdomen, really, if you can think of it, but a cesarean scar, typically women will not be able to feel a lot in their lower belly. It's very numb. It's like a very common thing. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's got scar tissue. And so like that's, it's fascia, right? Scar tissue is muddled up fascia. It doesn't have good energy flow. There's like no energy flow through it, no blood flow through it. Within literally typically a couple weeks of starting to do the deep core stuff that I teach, um, it'll start to pink up. Like the color literally changes because she's starting to get blood flow back to it. She'll start to get feeling back. And eventually she will get full full feeling back um, with that scar. Even if it's been 20 years, it will come back. Wow. Obviously, the sooner you can do it, the better. Um, but that's really amazing. And I just love that example because it just shows that we have, there's so much we can do with our body. Fascia is so pliable. Like mm-hmm. we can change it. We can create more of it. And that's really what it comes down to. Like I end up, in teaching like, yeah, I want moms to be muscularly strong. Yes. But we actually can be stronger by understanding how to train our fascia, not yeah. just our muscular system, which we're, if we're training our muscular system, we're also training our fascia. But if we look at it the other way of how can we move to train our fascia, like it actually makes you that much stronger. It's really fascinating. Yeah. To me, it almost seems like this internal suit of armor that we all have. I mean, is that, is that an accurate depiction of the fascia? Cause you're right. Like I don't know that much about it. I know it exists. I know when you get massages, that's all good for your fascia, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. So if you were to look at fascia from an anatomy perspective, um, there, there's images out there of like fascia will be like an outline of the entire body, right? Legs, arms, because it literally is one. We say we have one fascia in the body because it's so all interconnected. Um, But there's fascia that goes around our organs. There's fascia that goes around our muscles, that goes through our muscles. Um, Fascia encapsulates all of our nerves. So this is what's really interesting is anybody that has any sort of impingement in their body, like it's nervy stuff, what that means is they don't have enough space in their body. The stuff has become too compact. So this is where when, again, imposture is a big start to this, but I really like to teach women how to create space through their body. We're creating length. And when we do that, again, this is where there's like, again, I still sometimes feel like there's so much still that's happening that I, I'm just starting to like, you know, kind of put <laughs> the deeper layer together. Um, but because 
we have fascia that goes around our nerves, we can actually create more space because we can strengthen the fascia around those nerves to be taller and stronger so that our nerves, the energy flow and all those signals to our nerves can function. Right. They don't right. get all tangled up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm. So, so yeah, it's really neat. And it's same, like I said, like with our, it's, you know, I think of the spine, right. And compression and so many times, you know, we can get fixated on, oh, well, I might have a herniated disc or I have this or that. Like I've worked with people over the years that have, can function perfectly fine and have a herniated disc. So we can't get fixated on, oh, my structure is not perfect. It's not about perfect structure. It's about finding like, so that it works for your body because people can live a perfectly pain-free life and have a herniated disc if they have enough support and space around it. But if they're compressed and sitting horribly and, you know, and also don't have a great diet because they have a lot of inflammation in their mm-hmm. body, other, you know, that's, that's another deep part of all this is really trying to get our inflammation down in our body as well. So, wow. So what I'm hearing is nutrition. Um, it's obviously working out. It's having that mind body connection. It's all of these things. It seems like a lot. Um, if there were, if there were, I don't know, three things that the woman listening to this can take away, can start doing like today to, to strengthen her body, to strengthen her fascia, to start feeling better overall, what would those be? So the number one is just to be more aware of your posture because it's something we're doing all day long. We're sitting, we're standing, we're carrying things, kiddos, whatever it is, you know, you can do that all the time. And that's what I always am teaching my students is like, yeah, it's great to work out for 30 or 45 or 60 minutes a day. That's awesome. But I want, I'm I'm really big on teaching them to take what I'm teaching them throughout the program and apply it to their life because that's where the power is. We have to learn how to apply these things into our daily life. And again, it's not about perfection. So in the beginning, right? Like you might, you'll, you just have to start being more aware of catching yourself. Oh, I'm slouching right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm just going like to zip up through my core a little bit and you know, just be a little tired. And after a while, you're going to be like, oh man, I'm getting tired, right? It's new for your body. Okay. So let yourself relax and then do it again. And just start to bring more awareness to your posture is honestly like the best way to start, um, to start doing all this. So that would be the first one. Um, the second one is I'll do a movement one. And then my third one is a mind, a mindset shift for everybody, um, is an exercise that I love and they're called pelvic tilts and they're very simple, but it's a really good way to start to connect with your pelvic floor with a light movement and, and breath work. So you basically lay on the floor with your, you know, feet, uh, or your feet flat. So your knees are bent, right. Kind of that typical kind of crunch position on the ground, right. So you're going to lay, but you're not going to flex your upper body up. Um, and all you do is with your pelvis, just like I was talking about the very beginning where we relax and we open up the pelvis, we do the same thing, but we're lying down on our back. And then as you exhale, you connect the base of the pelvic floor, lower belly, and we're using our deep layers of our core to start to tilt our pelvis. And we just go back and forth, like rocking the pelvis, but we learn to do it with the deep core, not our glutes and hamstrings. Mm. So if you catch yourself like doing it and you're squeezing your glutes and hamstrings, then you're, you start to recognize like, oh, okay, I'm using my glutes and hamstrings and I actually need to learn how to do this without using them. So in the beginning, you know, we can't be hard on ourselves, right? We have to just be like, okay, this is a new, a new world for my body to try to learn this because so many times we've been taught, like, we want to work, we want to squeeze really hard and and we end up gripping. And so everything I teach is like the opposite of that. We have to learn Mm -hmm. how to be very light and very gentle and, 
And in the beginning, it honestly may feel like you're doing nothing and (laughs) embrace the nothingness. I teach that all the time now. I'm like, just embrace feeling nothing. Like, because that is your stepping stone to then feeling something because we have to get out of the tenseness. Um, And then the third one would be honestly to stop fighting with our body because I find this is a really, 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 really big thing that is what stands in the way of getting the results because we get in our head of like, why don't I feel this? Or why am I not getting the results I want at this? Like it's been a week or two weeks or heck, even maybe it's been a couple months. Right. And so sometimes I, it's that whole thing of, well, if we start to reflect on why am I having this dysfunction in the first place? Was it, is, was it here for a purpose? right? Going deeper. Like, is there something I'm actually supposed to be learning from this? Maybe I'm so up in my head about it that I'm actually missing the lesson I'm supposed to be learning for my life, right? If that makes sense. And I feel like that that's something that I've personally worked on (laughs) when I'm like, okay, you and I want results quicker, but wait, maybe I'm missing the whole thing I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be learning. So instead of us trying to force our body to do something we think it should be able to do, we sometimes have to let go and be like, maybe there's something else here for me that actually when we learn to like let go, really trust in the process, trust in our body, trust in just our body's ability to heal versus us mentally trying to say, but I should have results now. Or why can't I feel my pelvic floor? It's been two weeks. Or why, why is my back pain still here? Like when we have that kind of a mentality it actually is like preventing you from getting the results. Even if you're doing, you seem to be doing the movements, right? That makes sense. But we're missing that mind body piece. So we have to learn to like, let go, surrender a little bit to be like, what really am I here to learn? Um, because so many times when women do that, some they'll learn something else that about themselves that they would have totally otherwise missed if they were so fixated on getting rid of the back pain. Like the back pain is going to go away regardless. It's going to happen. So instead of being so fixated on that one thing, be open to what else is going to show up for you. So I don't know. That's yeah. something I'm talking more and more about. It's really, I don't know. It's really amazing when you actually can yeah. start to, you know, find yourself shifting into that way. <laughs> I think, I mean, and it's kind of like going back to our other conversation, like giving yourself that space to feel, you know, what really is going on to really understand yourself. And I think that that was so beautifully said. And anyone who is into manifestation um, knows about that, that, you know, you put out the intention and then you have to release it. You can't be like, well, it should have already been here or it's not here. It's not here. It's not here. It's not that. It's actually the flip side of that is letting go and letting it actually come to you. I think that that was just, oh, I love, I love ending on that. I think that that was so perfect. Um, But I am curious just randomly, you know, you talked about, you know, the women with the C-sections and that numbness feeling. Um, A lot of women who listen to the show have gone through that. That's super common. What, what would you recommend them do to, to bring that blood flow back to that particular scar? So honestly, the pelvic tilts that I mentioned are really, really good place to start to wake okay. that up. Because, and that's the thing, whether you've had a vaginal birth or a C-section or both, or V-backs, any of that, um, I always start my women in the same place. It doesn't matter. Like I, I think as a society, we've kind of separated um, vaginal births and cesareans. And I always say in my world, it's the same like we might have a, if you're new postpartum, right. And about a cesarean, like, yeah, it might take you a little bit longer, you know, versus someone who had a vaginal birth might be a little heady, but that's what we're not comparing one woman 
to another, yes. right? Because everyone has different things going on. Um, but yeah, I start everyone in the exact same place. And even if you don't have any dysfunction and you want to learn this, you start in the exact same place so you can learn the foundations. And then we gradually build, you know, up from there. And everybody just moves at their own pace because, mm-hmm. you know, some women are able to really stick to it the way it's designed but a lot of women end up going part way and then they're like oh my gosh stuff starts to wake up for them and they start to notice new things and then they're like wow I feel like I should go back because and then it feels like a whole different program for them because as we start to wake up those deeper layers um it just starts to open up a whole new world for what's possible for for them for their body and for themselves yeah they're going back to get their PhDs (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I do always end with some rapid fire questions. If you're ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. True health is connecting with yourself. I love that. I'm grateful for, I'm so grateful for, can I say two things? (laughs) Yeah. Um, my health and my family. (laughs) Love it. And last one, what is something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? how to be more present in life. I really wish I would have like understood that and known that, especially when um, I was having my first baby because it just, I mean, you know, hindsight's always 2020, but it's something I've really worked on the last couple of years and it has just changed my life personally. And I feel like it's making a huge impact for my kiddos. Um, so that's something, yes, like just being present in whatever you're doing throughout your day is so powerful. I think, yeah. And I think that translates in the work that you're doing and the message that you're putting out into the world. And personally, I'm really grateful that, you know, you are out there doing this because so many women have no idea and they need to hear it. And all the future mothers out there need to hear it. So keep working, keep learning, and we'll keep following along. Thank you so much, Erica. Thank you so much, Liz. You've been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it with a friend, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.